Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go, amen, to the book of Leviticus chapter 10. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to take a few moments to talk about some things because we've got to just remind ourselves. Amen. The Bible would put it this way. Comfort yourselves with these words. That at one day, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to enter into his kingdom. Amen. We're going to meet him in the clouds. In Jesus' name. Leviticus chapter 10 and verse number 12. The Bible says that Moses spake unto Aaron and unto Eliezer and Ethamar and his sons that were left. Take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire and eat it without leaven beside the altar for it is most holy and you shall eat it in the holy place because it is your due and your son's due of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire for so I am commanded skipping down to verse number 16 the Bible says and Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering and behold it was burnt and he was angry with Eliezer and Ethamar and the sons of Aaron which were left alive saying Wherefore have you not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is most holy? And God hath given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation and to make an atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. You should indeed have eaten it in the holy place as I commanded. There is a command from God which is seemingly strange. And uh, little did Bishop Wilson know I was going to be talking about this. And also little did he know Leviticus is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible. And, uh, and, and it's an interesting command from the Lord. They are to eat in the holy place. They are to eat in the holy place. And I want to I treat for just a few moments. I don't want to take up all your night tonight. But I want to prepare us and prepare our hearts for this revival that's about to come up this next month. And, uh, and just continue to remind us of some things. I want to treat to us for a few moments on this subject. Eat in church. Everybody say that. Eat in church. Now, some people are going to take that wrong and they're going to bring popcorn. But we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Turn to your, other, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to eat in church. I'm going to eat in church. All right. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this building. Come on, would you lift up your voice? Let's pray. Amen. God, your word is true. We thank you for the principles of the word of God. We're asking, God, that you would move in a mighty way in this house, God, that these keys that have already been deposited, amen, into our church, that we would take it in our hands and that it would begin to unlock some things in people's lives, God. I pray that you would help me to minister your word as you have given it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. Eat in church this is an interesting command from God to the priesthood and it was so eloquently told to us amen by Bishop Wilson 
and I'm not going to play with what I'm talking about here tonight. I, I felt it and uh, planned to preach it and teach it tonight, uh, regardless of what was said on Sunday, but it confirmed the Word of God, and I believe that this is a wonderful moment for us to talk about the ebb and flow of the preaching of God's Word. The ebb and the flow. I think that there's a lot that can be said about this, but we find the principles in the book of Leviticus going forth and talking about the priesthood. And we have talked about a little bit that we can learn and we can glean from the book of Leviticus because there are a lot of uh, principles and precepts of God's word that we find specifically for the priests. And we know, according to the New Testament, that we are called to be priests in God's kingdom. And you might say, well, my bloodline doesn't say that I'm a priest. I've got to question that. Because when you were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, you now have a different bloodline, amen, and it's through the bloodline of Jesus Christ, amen. And the Bible would tell us of Jesus that he was not a priest after Levi. He did not come from the sons of Levi, but he was a priest evermore after the order of a man by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek he was showing forth a symbol of Christ's priesthood that was not bound up by the law, but it was a priesthood that could operate on its own and stand, amen, as a law of faith and as a law of grace. And I, I wish Paul would have had a little more time because Paul put it this way. Uh, there's many things that he wanted to teach the church when he was writing in Hebrews, amen, talking about Melchizedek. But he said, I could not tell you uh, because you are yet babes, you are not able, uh, you are drinking milk when you should have steak. And I wish, I wish that they would have been in a position where they could have received it. I wonder what revelations God had given Paul about the, the, the priesthood of Melchizedek. Amen. But uh, I digress beyond that and we move on to our text here today. This text that we find, there is a command that is given to the priests that we can take the principle from. Amen. He tells them that there is going to be offerings, and we know, as we've talked about before, there are wave offerings, there are heave offerings. Amen. We've talked about it before that there was a sin offering that he offered for the people, and one that if you find earlier in the previous chapter, that he offers for himself and for his household. Amen. But here in this moment, he is given another command that after you are done doing all of the sacrifices and, and after you have given all that there is, there will be left over enough food, amen, from this sacrifice for you to ingest. You have got to ingest, amen, the sacrifice. And this is a typology to us. We see this typology as we look in the book of Exodus and we find that there was a Passover lamb and they were to eat that Passover lamb. And I love how the Bible puts it. They ate that Passover lamb in haste. 
It was not something they were to slack or procrastinate about. They were to take that lamb that they had in their house with them for 14 days. They had seemingly raised this lamb and taken care of this lamb and fed this lamb. But now after 14 days, they had to butcher this lamb. And as we all know and we preach around Easter time, they took the blood of the lamb and they put it on the doorposts of their house. It was, amen, a symbol of the blood of the lamb being the only thing that separates you and I from life and death. And we know it to be true today that the only thing that separates you and I from life and death is having the blood of the Lamb of God by the name of Jesus Christ. That's why you're baptized in Jesus' name. That's why you repent of your sins. What you're saying is, amen, I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I'm not smart enough, and I'm not too dumb. I've got to get a hold of the blood of the Lamb, and I've got to put it over my life. I've got to get it in baptism. It's the only thing that can save me. Oh, if you're thankful for the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, why don't you lift up your hands? There's some people, amen, not in my notes here today, but there are some people that think that they can be saved without the blood of the Lamb, that somehow they will make it out of Egypt without the blood of the Lamb. But there is nothing but death and destruction without the blood of the Lamb. But it was not just the blood of the Lamb, and I know there's some people that missed this. There was not just the blood of the Lamb that saved the Israelites that night. The Bible would declare that he would pass over those that had the blood of the lamb upon the posts and upon the lintel of the door of the house, amen, of all those that had the blood of the lamb that they had also eaten. Hallelujah. It was not enough to have the blood, but they had to ingest the lamb. They had to digest the lamb. It, in other words, it wasn't enough just to have an external sign. Amen. But there had to be something that changed on the internal, a symbol of receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can go down in a watery grave of baptism. You can repent, but you've also got to be filled with the lamb. Oh, somebody give him praise. You gotta eat the lamb. You gotta ingest the lamb. It's not enough just to have an outward religion, but you've gotta have an inward demonstration. The lamb has gotta be inside. You gotta digest it. You gotta ingest it. And you can't be picking and choosing what you want. He said, You eat the lamb and you eat all the lamb. You eat every bit of it that you can. And if there's any left over, he said, You burn it. You don't save it for later. He said you eat it, and you eat it on the Passover night. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. They said you are to eat this Passover, and you are to eat it right now. You are not to pick and choose what part of the lamb you want. He said you eat it all. You eat every last bit of it. And, 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 and some people, they, they look at the Old Testament a little bit gross. But I look at it and I see Jesus. And I think about the fact that somebody had to, somebody had, I'm going to gross somebody out. They had to eat, if I could put it in Spanish, the cabeza. They had to eat the brain of the lamb. And some people go, that's a little gross and a little gruesome until you get to the New Testament. And the Bible would say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I, 
until you get to the New Testament and you see that it was a crown of thorns that was put upon the head of the Lamb of God and you see that it was by his stripes that we are healed and you look at it from the standpoint of you can't pick and choose well I like this part of Jesus but I don't want that part of Jesus you got to be able to ingest it all oh somebody give him praise Let me preach it from this standpoint. We can't have picky eaters in the church that just like this part or they just like that sermon or they just like it said a certain way and they don't like anything else. No, we've got to ingest it all or nothing at all. We've got to take the whole lamb or no lamb. We've got uh, whether we like it or we don't like it. Preacher, preach to me. Give me the word of God. Present it as a burnt offering and let my family make it part of us. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray in this house. Come on, I didn't come with a super deep thought here tonight. Amen. But what I've come to tell somebody is you got to ingest the lamb and you got to do it in haste. You got to ingest the lamb and you got to do it now. That was the command that was given going back to the Passover. It was something they should have known. You are not allowed to let the Passover lamb get cold. Hallelujah. And not only that, you were not allowed to get the sacrificial lamb that they were to ingest. He said you are to eat it, and you are to eat it now. Can I help somebody? Uh, amen. When, when we start talking about the preaching of the Word of God, amen, some people go, well, I can eat it, but I'll eat it later. Uh, amen. God wants to make sure that we know that His Word is a time-sensitive uh, Word. It is dependent upon immediacy. Uh, amen. My Bible would say that that we've got to call on the Lord while it is called today. My Bible would say that it is today. That is the day of salvation. My Bible tells me that we are to exhort one another while it is called today. Some people say, well, I'll serve God, but I'll serve God tomorrow. I'll respond to God, but I'll respond to God tomorrow. Let me think about that for a little while. Amen. But God gave the priest a command. You are to eat it, and you are to eat it right now you are to eat you are to ingest amen the word has got to go from an external and this is what Bishop Wilson was talking about it was an ebb and a flow and when you go to church this is what makes an apostolic church different amen this is one thing amen you you can look and say well it was a good service or a bad service I promise you this uh, if you look at how the congregation was receiving the word and how they were throwing the word back uh, I've evangelized enough and I've traveled the country and preached in many pulpits uh, that I could look and I could say man uh, I preached my guts out uh, and nothing happened what happened Uh, I put the sacrifice out there. I put the lamb out there. And people said, well, I don't really want that right now. Or maybe they were a little picky about how it came forth. But when I came to churches like Apostolic Revival Center, you want to know why we connected? Because as I preached the word, amen, you came back and said, amen. There was something that happened. You said, we're not waiting till we get home. We're ingesting the lamb. It came forth and it accomplished what it was sent forth to do somebody give him praise 
You want great church? Keep letting it come out and give it back. You want great church? Don't let one man preach. Let the entire church preach. Preaching is not a one-man thing. This is not a stage. This is not a show. What this is, is this is a team effort. This is a team sport that while Peter yet spake these words, somebody said, I've got to respond to the Lamb, and i got to do it now. Somebody heard the preaching and said, right now today is my day this moment is my moment oh somebody love him in this house come on let's feel after him for just a few moments Come on, that's what you're doing when you come to church and you come not just in body, but you come in spirit. When you worship in spirit and in truth, what you're saying is, I'm not going to delay, I'm going to eat it now. God wants that lamb to be eaten. It's got to be ingested. This is what he did at Passover. This is what he did at communion. He said, this is my body, take, eat. And this is what he did at Pentecost. You take the word, you receive the promise. That's exactly what he does throughout the New Testament. That's what he does even today. This is what makes, as Bishop would say, amen, this is what makes an apostolic church a lot different than a lecture. Amen. And I'm, I'm not talking about teaching because teaching's a little different. Amen. Teaching is where you want to assimilate the information and you want to try and, and break it down. And right then and there, you're thinking. And I, I've learned that sometimes people are eating right then and there. Sometimes they're thinking. But when it comes to preaching, you don't need somebody to analyze the fire. They need to get out of the fire. Amen. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm just, I'm just helping remind us here tonight that before the evangelist ever gets here, if we're going to have the greatest revival we've ever had. I believe it's going to happen when people say, amen, I receive that. It might not have been my style. I might not have liked it right there. Maybe he said it in a way I didn't really appreciate, but I receive that word, and something happens when the evangelist puts it out there, and the church says, we get it. We receive it. We want more. Something that happens. He said, eat it, and you eat it now. He said, you got to eat it while you are hungry. This is why we cannot fill ourselves up on Hollywood and come to church and expect a move of God. If we get so filled up on the world, whether it's social media, whether it's Hollywood movies, or whether it's Fox News or CNN, and we're just letting ourselves go into all these other things, amen, some people come to church and they filled up. Amen. Anybody ever had this where your parents tell you, don't eat that, you will spoil your appetite. Let me be your spiritual pastor for a moment. Don't eat some of those things because it will spoil your appetite when you come to church. It will spoil your appetite for the things of God. And you'll come in and you're so full on all this junk. And when God brings you a T-bone steak and you don't want it because you filled up on all the junk of this world. That's why the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Oh, hallelujah. It's not because God doesn't love them. It's because they're so full on the world that they love that they don't have any more room for God. But something happens. Uh, amen. He said you eat that lamb and you eat it now and you got to eat it while you're hungry. Uh, you got to eat it while it's still relevant to you. Uh, amen. You got to eat it right then and well. I'll, I'll just save that word for next week. I've got news for you. Uh, the priest was not allowed to have leftovers. Uh, the priest was not allowed to microwave it next week and say maybe it's applicable now. 
because something would happen. It'd start to break down. It'd start to decay. They didn't have refrigeration, and God didn't want his priest getting sick. And there's some people that God brought them a word, and he said, eat it by the altar. Eat it now. Eat it while you're in church. And they said, no, I'll save it for later. And that's why they're sick today. And this is why they've falling asleep today. Oh, somebody give him praise. Come on, let's love him. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on. I want to eat, but I don't want to wait till I get home. I want to eat in church. Amen. I'm going to receive that word. Amen. It might sting a little. I might not have it seasoned the way I like it, but I'm going to receive that word. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Oh, come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Come on, that's what's been really happening around here for the last few months. People have just made it up in their mind. I'm going to eat when I come to church. I'm going to eat when I get there. I'm not, I'm not going to put it off. I'm just going to respond to the Word of God. And That's why it's so transformative. That's why it seems so revelatory. It's not because it was a greater word. It's because you said yes in that moment, and it was relevant, and it was hot, and it was ready, and it was then and there. I've had some uh, people, not, not, not recently, but tell me, man, that was a good one. And, and I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, and it, it, it does help. And, and, and I've been to other places where they say, man, that was, a, that was a good one. And I think to myself, man, last week was a good one too. I heard a pastor joke one time. He said he, he got up and he had a word from God. I've done this before. I felt like, man, I got a word from God. And then I, I come to church and I preach it. And it just seems like it falls flat. And I think, well, that was a word for me. I'll never forget my pastor telling a story one time. He told his, he had just started the church. He told his wife, he said, I really got a word from God today. And he showed up and there was three people. And uh, one, one fell asleep in the back. That was their usher. And uh, the other sister, she had to get up and catch the bus before it left. And then all that was left was his wife and kids, and he was preaching his guts out, and, uh, and he, he got done. He, got, he was real deflated, and he said, honey, I really thought I had a word from God. And she said, you did. It was just for you. And, uh, <laughs> but there's moments where you just, you just preach it, and it just feels like it just flopped. And there's other times where you just thought, that is the worst I have ever ministered, ever preached, and somehow it connects. And, and, and sometimes uh, it's just how people were digesting and just how people, and it might be just the moment in time, or it could just be, and I've learned it might be this, and 99% of the time it's this, people made a cognitive decision uh, that today when I come to church, uh, I'm coming hungry. Uh, today when I come to church, uh, I'm going to eat in church. Uh, today when I show up, I'm going to receive that word. Uh, that word may not have been seasoned right. It may not have been the best word, but you ate it, and it made you better, and something shifted and changed in your life. Can I get anybody that can testify? He said, you got to eat it while it's hot. You got to eat it while you're hungry. You got to eat it now. You got to eat it by the altar. You can't save it for later. You can't let it get cold. He said, if you don't eat it while it's hot, it's going to lose its quality. If you don't eat it right now, it's going to lose its relevance. If you don't take a hold of that and chew on it and digest it right now, it will lose its time sensitiveness. Amen. It will not accomplish what I wanted it to accomplish in that moment. Amen. Because 
because he's the greatest father in heaven and he knows exactly what nutrients we need and when we need them and we can't allow ourselves amen to pick and choose and become vitamin deficient in the spirit when God knows this is exactly what you need and I'm going to give you a little shot in the arm and it's going to bless you and the church will be better because of it something that happens when people they eat in church and after you made it up in your mind I'm going to eat in church you made it up in your mind I will not procrastinate my response to the word of God I will not procrastinate if, 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 if it's just even a, a smallest percentage that God has even spoken to you. It might have been the whole message, amen, that God didn't speak to you, but he gave you one word. Do not wait. Do not procrastinate on that one word. Amen. Some people, they, they don't understand how preaching works. Uh, preaching is like a wheel. There's a main thought. There's a, a main core idea that God wants to let out there, and then there's all these little spokes that go out amen and then there's this bigger wheel this is what helps the church move forward and it might be that that right here this main thought amen maybe maybe not all of it was for you or maybe not the whole thing but there was one spoke and it spoke to you and it was ministering to you and and you take a hold of that and you say preacher I got it amen I receive it and you make it up in your mind I'm not saving this for later I'm not taking a doggy bag I'm gonna eat it and I'm going to ingest it right now. And there's some people, they think, well, because the whole thing wasn't about me, I'll just throw it all away. But it was that peace right there. Amen. As I preach, amen, I, I, I've noticed it as, as, as through the years as I've ministered. Uh, amen. Some people think I got ADD. Probably true. But what's really happening, uh, and I saw Bishop Wilson do this on Sunday. He said, I felt something right there. And there's something about preaching that as you're preaching, uh, you're actually ministering over here and over here and over there all at the same time. And there's so many different needs, and God cares about every last one of and so you're trying your best to reach this one trying your best to reach that one but you know how you receive your word is when it hits and when it connects and when it's something that you have been waiting for you have been praying for you stand to your feet and while Peter yet spake these words you receive what's for you that's what happens. Amen. There's something about it. I've traveled the country and I've been preaching and all of a sudden I felt in my spirit to go a certain direction. And, and, and there's times where I didn't accomplish a whole lot. And then there's other times where somebody in a position where I didn't even know it was going to go there. But they just said, I received that. And something shifts in the atmosphere. And God says, okay, there's 300 people in this room. There's 80 people in this room. But there was one that cried out. There was one that reached out. There was one that yelled back. There was one that it ebbed out and it flowed back. And that one is the one that I'm going to heal. And that one is the one that I'm going to save. I'll prove it to you. Jesus walked by everywhere. He will always pass by. Jesus will always pass by. But as Jesus passed by, there was a lot of blind people. There was a lot of blind people in Israel. Amen. And yet... There was only a couple blind people, one by the name of Bartimaeus, that cried out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody else stayed blind that day. 
except for the one that responded to the preacher because Jesus wasn't always preaching a message. Jesus was the preaching message. And as he passed by, well, pastor, I don't know about all that, but all of a sudden the word of God walks down your aisle and you see it and something changes in you and you say, that's for me. And you cry out, Jesus, don't pass me by. Jesus was on the stormy sea and they thought he was a ghost. But somebody said, no, 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 that's the Lord. That's the preaching. That's the word of God. And you might feel like you're sinking, but if you cry out, he would have passed them by. But somebody said, no, preacher, keep preaching that. Keep telling me the word. I'll ingest that now. And Jesus got on their boat and the storm stopped. The Bible lets us know that Jesus is thronged by a multitude. There are people that are all around him. They brought to him sick and disease and diverse, amen, filled with diverse devils. Everybody was messed up. He was on his way to heal a little girl. And there was a woman that said, I will not wait. I've got to get a word from God. And she pressed through the crowd and she touched him. Everybody was sick that day. But there's something about somebody in the congregation that says, today I'm coming to church and I'm coming hungry and I'm coming empty and I've got to get something from God. And they reach out and something flows from God. And the only one that got healed outside of Jairus' daughter was that woman with the issue of blood. How many people could have been healed if they'd have just spoke back, if they'd have just preached with it, if they'd have just said amen. You find in the Old Testament, some people go, well, I don't know about that. Go to the Old Testament. He brings them Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, the mountain of blessings and the mountains of cursings. And he begins to preach out of the word of God. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. And all the people said, amen. What were they doing? They were responding to the word of God. I heard it. I got it. They were saying, I will ingest that, and I won't wait till next year. I will ingest that right now so it can start to metabolize and become part of my life. The Bible says in the book of Nehemiah that Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. Some people wonder where some of these things we get. Principles come from the word of God. A pulpit of wood. And if we get one of stone, so be it. Be a little harder to hit. But they made it for that purpose. What purpose? So he could speak and preach out of the word of God. And, he, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people, for he was above the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. When we get ready to read out the word of God, we just take this as a principle. We stand up in honoring of the word of God. Some people are like, wow, I never, I never knew why we did that. It's just Pentecostal tradition. No, there's something about saying I honor the word of God. And there's something about doing that in your spirit that while I'm preaching and the word of God's going forth, uh, you stand up, amen, and you say amen. Uh, you stand up and something happens in your spirit that said, Lord, I receive that. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered amen. Amen. With the lifting up of their hands, they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Amen. There's something that happens when people decide, I'm going to go to church and I'm not just going to hear preaching. I'm going to be a part of the preaching. Amen. I've been in dead, dry churches and dead, dry religious services. And unfortunately, I've been in some dead Pentecostal churches. And I think to myself, how many people could have got their miracle if they'd have just preached with the preacher? How many people could have been delivered? Mm. 
I feel it right there. Amen. Well, preacher, nothing was there for me. Respond anyways. Not because I need it, but because there's somebody else in the crowd that'll mimic what you're doing. And they themselves, without fully knowing it, are agreeing with the word of God. And if you do this, you'll be blessed. Amen. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. And the person says, Amen. And the whole congregation is standing behind the preacher, whether it's the pastor, whether it's the evangelist, whether it's a teacher and they're standing behind it and the visitor comes in and says I got to get me some of that if these people go to the altar I got to go to the altar if these people are excited I got to be excited what are we doing we're eating in church oh somebody clap your hands and give him praise when we make it up in our mind we will eat in church when I say amen I'm agreeing. I'm saying, Lord, I receive it. Amen. My wife will cook. She's a great cook. But I'll never forget, we first got married, she cooked, and I was not used to it. I was a bachelor. And she cooked the most simple thing. And I just go, mmm, that was good. And she was a little shocked. But I just, was, I just learned a long time ago that if I get excited about it, there will probably be more. I just got somebody some revelation. It could be you haven't got your word yet because you rejected the last word God brought you and you didn't say amen and God said, okay, well, they didn't really want it anyways. Well, maybe it wasn't your favorite meal, but if you say amen, your favorite meal might come and maybe it wasn't the style you liked, but you said amen and it just could be that the next service is your service. What's happening? You're eating in church and you're getting excited about it. You're preaching with the preacher and you're getting excited about it. I know people say this, and, and, and I, I know what they mean. I'm not preaching for response. And some people think it's shallow for somebody to preach for response. But let me just help somebody get some revelations real quick. I only preach for response. I'll, I hope you understand that. If I'm preaching so I don't receive a response, why am I preaching? I preach so that somebody, it might not be, amen, I don't really care so much about the amen in the middle of the service, but I know the amen in the middle of the service says an amen at the altar. I know an amen in the, in the prayer room becomes an amen in the worship service, and an amen in the worship service becomes an amen in the preaching, and amen becomes an amen in the preaching, and amen in the altar. Yes, God, I'll serve you. Yes, God, I'll lay it down. When you eat in church, when you eat in the prayer room, when you eat in the worship service, when you eat in the preaching, you will eat the word of God at the altar. Oh, somebody stand across that building and let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, let's pray right now. What are you doing all service? When you're saying amen, when you're getting with the preaching, it's a team sport. What you're doing is you're responding to the word of God. You're responding to what God has brought you. You're eating what God has laid before you. He set that table before you, and it might be in the presence of your enemies, but eat the meal he put before you. Eat that meal because God prepared it. Oh, somebody pray.
Oh, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody pray. Come on, the Word of God demands a response. There's no other option. You, you can say, well, I'll respond later. No, don't let the lamb get cold. Don't let the Passover lamb get cold. Don't let the lamb of the altar get cold. Don't let the showbread get cold. Uh, amen. He had everything. It had to be fresh. Uh, it had to be hot. And it had to be ingested right then and there. This is what makes a powerful apostolic church. One of the things that makes a powerful apostolic church powerful. It's that when people come, they eat in church. And they say yes in the prayer room. And then they say yes in the worship service. This is why we've got barriers we have to break through every service. And some people go, well, we should just break through it and it always go away. But no, uh, what happens is we go through this world and it gets on us. And, and we go and we have struggles and we have stress. And, and this is why when we go to the prayer room, it's not just so that we can go there and, 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 and people can see us pray and know what it really is. Uh, is we got to shake off the world and we got to empty ourselves. And, and what's really happening is, is that right there is the first course. We're preparing ourselves to really enjoy, amen, everything God has for us. And then we come in, and, and then we go to worship, and it's a, it's a palate cleanser. And we're, we're getting ready, and we're starting to salivate because we know the Word of God's going to come forth. And then the man of God, whoever they might be, like them, don't like them, enjoy them, don't enjoy them. They stand behind this pulpit of wood, and they begin to preach out of the Word of God. They're baking you fresh bread. They're preparing a sacrifice. And as priests of the Most High God, they're laying it before the altar. And they're saying, will you take it? Will you eat of it? And finally, people make the decision. After enjoying that preaching, they make the decision to go down to the altar. It could be that this is their first time or the millionth time they've came. But because they decided to eat in church... Somebody who is lost and undone all of a sudden becomes a child of God at that altar. Somebody that didn't know up from down, left from right, they come to that altar and they are forever changed. Why? Because you can't ingest the lamb and it not change you. You can't ingest the lamb and it not change you. When you and I eat, as we probably will later, you eat that, you start to break it down your body starts to metabolize it and it puts the protein in the muscles where it needs to go and it puts the water where it needs to go and it puts the calcium in the bones and it starts to put the iron in the blood and it starts to move things around and maybe there's some, there's some vitamin D to help you with your brittle bones and, and, and there's some people you can tell they break over every little offense why they got brittle bone syndrome and, and they've not allowed the word of God to come forth uh, the sincere milk of the word uh, they didn't let that vitamin D get there and now they crumble under every little offense and, and they, 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 they've not allowed themselves to get a backbone and get strength why? Because somewhere along the lines they got picky and said, I don't want to eat that preacher. I don't really like that. And if you live off pizza rolls for the rest of your life in the spirit, guess what? You're going to get sick. You're going to be unhealthy in the spirit. You'll never grow the way you need to grow. You'll grow out, not up. And there'll be something where you get a little deformed and something's wrong with you and you're living on microwave food when God brought you steak and God brought you good things. That's what happens to people that don't eat in church. Some people think, man, preacher, you're crazy. No, I've seen it enough times. I've seen people in the natural binge eat on nasty things. And guess what happens? They get sick. 
And then I see people, they binge on all the gossip in the church. But I don't want to hear the preacher. They binge. They, I don't want to be in the prayer room because I want to talk to everybody outside. and I want to get all the news. And they skip out on that meal. And they start to decay. And they get worse. But God's got so much more for us, church. Moses came by. And he had just told him what to do. Eat in church. Eat next to the altar. Go to the altar. Pray in the altar. Get a hold of God there. And the Bible says that they didn't. In fact, they just left it on the fire. And there's some people that God's got nutrition for you, but you leave it on the altar, and then it burns away all the nutrients that you need. And then you come back, and it's no longer good for food. It's not anything you can eat. So you just go away, and you get, you get more and more emaciated, and, and you get more and more malnourished, and you wonder why your spirit is beginning to decay. Amen. It could just be a simple amen that turns things around. It could be a simple trip to the altar. Amen. That says, you know what? I've left too much of what God has told me at the altar, and I've let it burn up and lose its nutrients. But tonight I heard the preacher Amen. Last Sunday I heard the preacher. Maybe next week you hear the preacher and you make it up in your mind. Amen. That's for me. And I receive it. And I am going to ingest it. I'm going to metabolize it. And I'm going to let the Word become flesh. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done preaching. Come on. This is a church. Amen. It's a call and response. It's an ebb and a flow. It's, it's a preaching and an amen. And then it becomes, a, amen, a yes at the altar. That's what's happening. That's what makes our church powerful. Would you come? Would you empty out your seat? And when you come to this altar, come, amen, hungry for more. Come and say, God, i got to get a hold of it. Maybe you turn your seat into an altar. But whatever you do, eat the Word of God. Whatever you do, ingest the preaching. Whatever you do, just let it become part of you. Come on, let's sit, let's pray. Maybe you filled up with all these other things and now you're no longer hungry. Come to this altar and say, God, I'm going to ingest the right things from now on. God, I'm going to ingest the right things that come off the, the altar, off the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Ghost church service. I'm going to ingest those things from now on. I'm going to get off all this other junk. I'm going to turn some preaching on, Holy Ghost radio on. And as I drive down the road, the road I'm going to have the Word of God playing. and It's going to speak to me word after word, line upon line, precept upon precept what are you doing I'm eating in church come on that's it let's pray somebody make it up in your mind God's been speaking to you for a while respond today say yes to God today come on that's it the sacrificial lamb deserves a response the preaching of the word of God deserves a response amen everything God's giving to us they're good and they're pleasant and they deserve a response from our spirit I'm ingesting the lamb I'm not letting it get cold I'm not waiting till next week today Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? 
I'm eating in church. When you pray in this altar, what are you doing? You're responding to the word of God. You're eating in church. You're eating by the altar. You're ingesting it. You're metabolizing it. God, make the word flesh in my life. Make it part of me. Conform me to the image of your dear son. Come on, that's it. It's the sincere milk of the word. It's the meat of God's word. He said it's like bread. He said it's like water. He said it's like honey. He said it's like manna. He said it's all going to come. And you got to keep ingesting it. That's it, church. Let's pray. What are you doing? I'm just enjoying the good meal that God has brought to me tonight. Thank you, evangelist, for that good meal. Thank you, preacher, for that good meal. Thank you, bishop, for that good meal. Thank you, Holy Ghost Radio, as I'm driving in my car for that good meal. I'm ingesting, I'm letting it get part of me.